Welcome to episode 145 of The Space in Between, and I am your host, Phoebe Leona. And today's episode I'm calling The Importance of the Sacred Pause in a World of Polarity. We will get there in a moment, but speaking of sacred pauses, we will be having our monthly gathering, our Ceremony of Movement 109, this Saturday, February 11th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we would love for you to be there. We're going to take a sacred pause in our bodies, sacred pause in community, and what that looks like is actually movement, (laughs) yeah, movement in the body, but Somebody asked me the other day, what is Movement 109? Like, what does that mean, Movement 109? And I'll share with you really quick because it does tie into our talk today. 109, if you know about the mala beads, you have 108 beads on there, right? So these are your meditation beads. They're also the same amount of beads on a rosary. So they're in through other traditions and faiths. So, but it's a meditation bead, you know, that you take, you know, your mantra, your breath count, whatever it is, you go all around and count your beads. And when you get to the end of your meditation, at the end of your 108th bead, there is the last bead. It's a bead that's a little bit bigger than all the other beads, and we call this the guru bead. This is the moment that you take that time to pause and pay reverence to your teachers. Before you continue on with your day, you bring with you that experience of the pause, the sacred pause of all of the teachings that you receive from this teacher, from your life also being the teacher, and you bring with that and integrate it into your life. Right? And so that's really what this space of Movement 109 is. Yes, it's a sacred pause, but there is movement within that stillness. There's this ability to recognize the stories that we carry in our bodies. We recognize there are patterns of stories in our bodies. We can make new choices to release those old stories. We can make new choices to manifest new stories. We can choose to create a whole new world, a whole new vibration in our body. And so that's what the sacred pause is. The ceremony of Movement 109 is to really go within and recognize, make new choices, and celebrate. So I'd love to celebrate with you this Saturday. And we also have one other gathering this month for those of you who consider yourself a guide. This could be a yoga teacher, a breathwork facilitator, a healer, a life coach, someone who is based in their heart and guides people. And I think of a guide as not having all the answers. We're just figuring it out along the way, but we're a couple of steps ahead of the people that we're helping, right? We can say, oh, you know what? We can see the bigger view. We might have some other experience from our lives, from the knowledge that we gained as a healer, a coach, right? We can bring that into the experience of teaching. We can bring that wisdom into it. And so for those of you who identify as a guide, yeah, we have a space for you on February 15th, Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And this is a space for you to come together as humans first. 
and have these conversations. Our month, this month's theme is embracing paradox. So what does it look like to be a heart-based person who's serving the world and an entrepreneur, right? Because those can have conflictions at times of making choices. And so we're going to sit with that, right? What are some of the paradoxes that we hold within ourselves as, as just humans, but also as these other roles that we play? And then what we'll do is at the end, we'll have an opportunity to connect with each other and see if there's opportunity to promote each other, support each other, maybe co-create with each other. And we'll move on from there. So a lot of great new additions into our Nomad Collective membership. Those are part of them. They're free to our members, but we also invite new guests for the first time to come in free. So if you're listening to this and haven't been with us before, I invite you to come and join one of these beautiful experiences of gathering together. Feel connecting in that space together. And um, if you like us, you like the people that we hang out with, then yeah, sign up and become one of our members. We'd love to have you. And I think that it's important. We, you know, last, last episode, we talked about you are who you hang out with, right? And this conversation we're going to have today is really more about you specifically as a person, our collective, but then also what we want to remember is that when we lean into communities where we can embrace all of ourselves, right? We really can move into that place of the fullest expression of ourselves because we have a big problem. We have a big problem and that is what we're going to talk about today. We have a very big problem, my friends, and I know you're aware that we have so many problems and you are probably fighting some battles on your own in your own life. Yeah. But this problem that we have is so much bigger and it's probably the root of your battles, all of your battles, all of our collective battles. And this problem is polarity. Polarity is what creates isolation and alienation. And when we look at isolation and alienation, there is some sort of level of trauma. And I'm going to break this all down and add lots of little spices in here, but just keeping it really simple. Polarity creates uh, isolation and alienation. And from that, it creates a bit of trauma. It could be a micro trauma, but it's still trauma. And when we come from that woundedness of feeling isolated, of feeling alienated, we become disembodied. We start to dissociate from our own self. We start to abandon our bodies, ourselves, our choices, our values, right? On lots of different levels. So we become disembodied. We forget the wholeness of who we are. So let's go back. So polarity, that's what this earth is all about. Yeah, the earth is the planet of polarity. So there's no way around it. (laughs) We have a North Pole and a South Pole, right? It's right there, even just in the planet, right? To keep the balance. But that's the important thing is it keeps the balance. You look at the cross, there's four, four points of tension, right? But there's a center that holds it all together. It's not one side or the other. They both 
are necessary, but there's a center point. And what we have forgotten about is that there's a center point. And so if you think about when you were a child and you go all the way back, because when we came into this little body of ours, our soul chose this body, it knew the wholeness of ourselves. It knew the wholeness of this universe. But at some point, we were asked a question to make a choice that felt like a divide. It might have been as simple as this stuffed animal or that stuffed animal, right? Right? This friend or that friend. And so we started to make these choices. And sometimes when we made choices, are you in or are you out? If you didn't align with a certain group of friends, then you were out. You were no longer part of the group. You were no longer part of that and you were alienated and you might feel isolated and you now don't feel like you belong. And whether you say, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine, not a big deal, right? But there is still a wounded child inside of you. And so this happens over and over and again all throughout our lives, right? All these little choices, all these little things that create a divide, mini divides, big divides that bring us to who we are right now, where we have beliefs that we are really strongly holding tight on, right? Because of all of those little choices that we made, because of all of those experiences of feeling alienated and isolated, all of those little micro traumas and big traumas brought us to who we are now, But if we don't take radical responsibility for them and feel them and be with them, embody them and know that there is another side, right? We believe a certain thing to be true, but also to know that there is another side where somebody believes it to be true and for a whole different reason, for a whole different other series of choices and moments of time that created their own alienation and separation right? That brought them to this other side. So we all become this collective disembodied population, right? Disembodied world. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is what does that look like? What does a disembodied world look like? And I'm going to explain three different ways it can manifest. And then what can we do about it? And what could it look like on the other side if we make new choices? So disembodied, what does this look like if you're disembodied? Well, there, like I said, I, I think that there are three ways. When I was really sitting with this, I was like, okay, there are three ways. At first I said two, but then some, an, some data came in and I was like, oh no, there's three. So <clears throat> one way we can look at it is you have made all of these choices, you have felt so isolated, you have even isolated your own being, your own body, your own values, your own remembering of oneness. And so you start to point fingers. So much so that you point fingers at other people and try to control their body, their views their belief systems because you don't even know what's going on inside you have no idea you're dissociated you've abandoned your own 
being. So it's a lot easier to blame and point fingers and say, that's wrong, do this, right? Or else you're not in, right? You're in or you're out. So we start to control others because we feel that we have no control of ourselves. Sound a little familiar? Can you see some? Without pointing fingers, right? Because it's not about pointing fingers right now. It's just witnessing. Because you might also, especially if you are the one right now pointing the fingers at other people, you are also that one who's pointing fingers, right? You're not fully understanding the paradox that is within you, which we'll talk about in a moment. But the other one is feeling that denial and there's this dissociation that you get so wrapped up on the things that are on the outside. You could get wrapped up in money. You could get wrapped up in buying things. You could get wrapped up, what I see moving very rapidly is technology, right? Technology that is actually moving our time faster. Yeah, there was a statistic, I don't have it written down, but it was something like, Information is doubling the way, right? Technology is doubling the way that we receive information, like 50% every year. Don't quote me on that, but it's something ridiculous like that. And that is actually the way that we're receiving information. It's making everything move faster, right? So when we're receiving information, we're in our head. We're not truly here embodied. We're moving faster with that technology. We feel like we need to keep speeding up. And then what happens is our body can't adapt to the way that the time is moving so fast. So we start to live outside of ourselves. We start to live in alternate universes. We start to live in the metaverse, right? We start to live, I mean, I see this also in spiritual bypassing too, the technology of something bigger than ourselves connecting with with the divine, but as a way of escaping this being, right? Does any of this sound familiar to you? Again, not from a place of judging or labeling and pointing fingers, but can you see that happening in your world? Can you hold yourself accountable? Like, yeah, I did that. I mean, I'm feeling it too. I've been there. So the third one, and this was something that I was like, oh yeah, this is an important one to talk about too, is we become so dissociated. We deny ourselves this wholeness of being that we make our choice between life and death, right? The statistics of suicide, especially the last three years, is ridiculous, it's one of the leading causes. It's not the, I, th- I actually heard the, I actually was told that it was the number one killer, but then I looked it up and it isn't, but it is a leading cause of death. But it is the leading cause of death in the army right now. The highest percentage of suicides is middle-aged white men. of all of the suicides in 2020 were white, middle-aged men. And I thought this was really curious (laughs) because we're having a lot of conversations right now about the patriarchy, you know, the power of the white man, um, 
And I thought, this is really interesting. So why are they, if they have all this power, why is there so much suicide in this population? And then I sat with that and I thought about my dad. So my dad did two tours of Vietnam and he had a lot of shame. He had a lot of shame in the choices that he had to make. And when he came home, he had multiple attempts at suicide. And, it, and he, had, he dealt with drugs, he dealt with alcohol issues. I mean, he, he did all of it, right? Um, he was in and out of jail. And when I had a conversation with him, when he was finally rehabilitated, he really talked about this shame. That was what it was. It was the trauma of making these choices that created this isolation, this alienation when he came home, because he was not proud of what he had to do. Right? At that time, he felt like he didn't have a choice. And so he carried that burden within himself. And that's why he made that choice to no longer live. And so what I think about is kind of broadening that scope to the white man. But I'm also really talking about everybody, right? Is that when we make choices, right? that are pointing fingers at other people because of the the first two camps that we just discussed, right? We're pointing the fingers, we're telling people how to live, how to control their bodies. We know unconsciously that that's not right, right? We know that, that, that little person, that our soul that we have abandoned knows that that's not right. And so there's something inside of ourselves saying, no, Right? There is a shame, whether they're conscious of it or not, there is shame there. And some people just cannot handle that shame. And so they're making choices to not be in this world anymore. And some of them make choices to continue to point the finger and control others. And so that are th- those are the issues that I feel are the root cause of everything, that polarity that makes us make choices, that makes us feel isolated and alienated and point fingers at other people and try to control others. Because I really want to believe that we're all here doing our best. We all came into this world thinking that, knowing that belief that there is the wholeness, right? that we are fully whole, but we have become fragmented over time from the conditioning through the traumas. And so I don't want to leave us here saying, oh my God, okay, we're either going to be pointed fingers or we're going to just get lost in technology or kill ourselves, right? There's hope for us, my friends. So this is where we're going to sit now. We've already been sitting here now, is to look at things with a new lens, right? No, making a choice, right? To no longer point fingers and then to be here right now, what we're doing in the space in between is the sacred pause. We're taking the sacred pause to look with a new lens, no longer looking through the lens of the fragmented, right? Childhood that we had. No longer looking at the lens of our personal traumas, Right? No longer looking at that fragmented lens of the ancestral generational traumas or our, or our own expression of our collective trauma. 
we're now choosing to no longer look at everything through those fragmented lenses. Right? We're starting to see in the sacred pause, we're making a new choice to see something new, to embrace the paradoxes within ourselves, within our own bodies. Right? So it, it's very, I know, I know. It can be very challenging to take the sacred pause and go within. It's a lot easier to be out here and just like, right? But everything you're seeing in this external world is what is a reflection of what is happening within you. And so for this all to stop out here, you've got to sit inside of yourself. Take a deep breath, a nice big belly breath, right? Belly breath will just help right away calm the nervous system. And then just simply witness what is here for you now. What are those beliefs that you believe so darn much into it that you're holding your fist in the air and saying this, you're in or you're out. You believe this with me or you're out. But no, even within your inside of yourself, you know that there is another side that is hurt that hasn't been seen and heard and felt. The more that you hold that fist in the air and you grip, right, you're taking yourself further away from your own center. So how can you meet yourself in the middle? And some questions that helped me through this was, and is, are questions like, okay, my soul chose this body. Why did my soul choose this body? This color skin, this hair color, the eye color, the shape of my body, why did my soul choose this body? Why did my soul choose this location of time and space? Right here, right now, why does my soul want me to be here? Why does my soul want to receive these obstacles, these challenges, these situations that I am dealing with right now? My soul knows why. Why does it want, what does it want me to see? And when we start to ask these questions, not through the lens of victimhood, but curiosity, this, this is the alchemy. This is what's going to shift from those fragmented lenses of our past, of our wounds, to that gold of right embracing all of ourselves embracing the paradox this is what's going to create the gold of that the alchemy of that is we're creating a new world so we start to see the two sides of things not to come together and necessarily battle it out but to come together and create a new world to create a new new paradigm, a new way of looking at things, the new way of being in our bodies, in our breath, with each other. And this takes work, my friends. I know it does. And it's okay. It's so worth it because the more we take these sacred pauses, what's on the other side is safety and freedom. And when we're in these spaces and we feel safe again in our body, 
We feel safe again in the environment, our physical environment. We start to feel safe and trust our body and our environment and then the people in our world. We create safety for them too. And we also might, and we talked about this in last week's podcast about you are who you hang out with, right? When you leave, when you choose to leave a group, right? It's, you're not isolated. You're making the choice. So you're no longer feeling isolated. So you might feel no longer safe in certain circles, but you get to make a choice to step closer back into the wholeness of you. You get to make a choice to be more in that embodiment of you by leaving something else behind. Because when you do that, you're creating a wider circle for the people that you can experience safety and trust so that you can be freer to be the fullest expression of who you are. You can express yourself in your body. You can express yourself in your environment. You can express yourself through your words. With all of the people, you can feel safe to express the love that you have, that they're not going to isolate you, make you have those choices of you're in or you're out, right? You start to completely feel that wholeness within yourself and you create that wholeness within your community. And then that is the ripple effect for our world. And when we start to move into those spaces, we move from that intellect, right, Our intellect wants to do good for ourselves, but it's keeping us safe and it's putting things in boxes, which creates that separation, that polarity. So when we start to move from our intellect into our intuition, our heart space, we still make choices, but it's an alignment. It's an an embodied choice with who we are and who we want to be. It's no longer looking for the separation you're in or you're out. I believe in this. I don't believe in that. It no longer needs to do that. And so there's an integration, an integration within yourself, the integration within your space and your, your people. That's what I believe. That's what I believe that if we can start to move from that disembodied world that is caused by all the polarity, we become more embodied. We accept all of ourselves. Embodied, that's what it means is to be embodied, is accepting all of it, right? Seeing all of it and embracing it, embracing our paradoxes. That is what I truly believe in and hope for all of us. And this is the sacred pause. These are the spaces that I love to be a part of, to create, to co-create. This is the whole point of the space in between, all the way back to, I think it was 2018 when we started this, right? It started with sharing people's stories of transformation, but those stories of transformation usually had some sort of split, right? Some sort of split from their own life to transform into something new. And that is what we're doing here right now, having this space to lean into That's what we do at Nomad. Every week we get to come together and share 
in the sacred pauses, right? There's so much going on outside, moving the needle forward. How do I get, you know, move further with my business? How do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I get successful and make all this money? But we have to remember, right? That's all very much in the masculine energy. We also have this divine feminine energy of the invitation to pause. And it's not that we come to pause and we forget about all of that stuff outside. It's to integrate it back into the world and see things a lot clearer, see things from that place of embracing the paradox so that we don't make the choices in that kind of more masculine world of making, you know, I got to do this or I got to do that, right? You can do all of it, but how can you see it from a way that you can integrate it all, that you can bring your whole self into it all? I'm going to start to ramble into other places, but I think you get the gist of it, right? So our problem right now is polarity. That is our biggest problem. It's probably the problem like all the way through back in time when we start as human beings, right? The stories are endless, endless. And so when we are in this space of choosing, are you in or are you not? We create isolation. We create alienation. We create, after that, micro traumas for ourselves or others, which over time, if we don't actually continue to integrate and, and hold ourselves responsible and accountable and stay in our body, right? we become disembodied. And we start to make choices from there, fragmented realities. We create fragmented realities from there by pointing fingers at people, having them control them in other ways. Just not being here, right? Getting lost in the other verses, metaverses, <laughs> right? Or we make the ultimate choice between life and death. Those are these issues that we're looking at in so many different ways right now. And if we take that sacred pause, be with our breath, know that it all belongs here, it's all okay. We come back to our soul, our inner child that were wounded back when and we know that all it all belongs. You belong. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, my friends. And we look forward to being with you again soon. If you'd like to have more support in your sacred pause, please come over and visit us at thenomadcollective.org or come visit me on my website, phoebeleona.com. And we have lots of great things happening in our community. And we want to share that with you. All right. Have a beautiful day. Bye.